Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Talks with the Gratitude Chick. I am your host, Luanza, aka the Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at the Gratitude Chick for Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter. Welcome back to your reading corner with the Gratitude Chick. So today um, we are picking up on um, chapter number four. We are reading the book, The Power of Awareness. Okay, so chapter four is called Desire. The changes which take place in your life as a result of your changed concept of yourself always appear to the unenlightened to be the result not of a change of your consciousness, but of chance, outer cause, or coincidence. Now, I would like to say that I don't believe in coincidence or circumstance. So I'm just going to put that out there. However, the only fate governing your life is the fate determined by your own concepts, your own assumptions. For an assumption, though false, if persisted in, will harden into fact. And I believe, without reading further, that the reason why he says an assumption is false because to you, the assumption is not truth yet. And that is why my kind of tagline in my podcast is what ever you believe to be true is true for you in your reality. So in order to make a belief something that you believe in or something that is truth, it starts as an assumption. And assumptions can be created by using affirming statements. For instance, when you were younger, your mother, your father, someone you know of importance to you would say money doesn't grow on trees, you have to work hard for your money, you know, um, <clears throat> any any one of those limiting beliefs. Those limiting statements are false, but they were true for you growing up because the more they were, you know, said to you, the more you said them to you. And with so many people affirming those things to you and you affirming them to you as well, it became fact for you. And that is why affirming statements turn into assumptions. But the more you persist in that assumption, it becomes your belief. Okay. The ideal you seek and hope to attain will not manifest itself, will not be realized by you until you have imagined that you are already that ideal. There is no escape for you except by a radical psychological transformation of yourself, except by your assumption of the feeling of your wish fulfilled. And here we go with the word assumption again. How do you live in the feeling of your wish fulfilled? You persist in the assumption that whatever you've asked for, you have already received. How do you persist in that assumption? You can use affirmations, you can use visualizations, any of those will work. That is how you live 
in the feeling of the wish fulfilled. And you can't just think about it or speak about it. You have to inject your feeling of already having it into it. Therefore, make results or accomplishments the crucial test of your ability to use your imagination. Everything depends on your attitude towards yourself. That which you will not affirm as true of yourself can never be realized by you. For that attitude alone is the necessary condition by which you realize your goal. All transformation is based upon suggestion. And this can work only where you lay yourself completely open to an influence. You must abandon yourself to your ideal as a woman abandons herself to love. For complete abandonment of self to it is the way to union with your ideal. You must assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled until your assumption has all the sensory vividness of reality. And it's basically saying you must assume the feeling and persist until that feeling, you can feel it all over your body. Remember when you bought your new car, how much you felt that. How you smelled it. You know what I mean? That new car smell. You know what I mean? Anything that you can remember when you first bought your first home, when you walked into the apartment that you, you know, wanted so much, when you first, you know, your first day of high school, your first day of college, whatever it is that was a big accomplishment for you, always keep how you felt in the back of your mind so that you can inject it every time that you are wanting something big, that you're desiring something big in your life so that you can take those feelings. You can go back and remember, take those feelings and inject that now into the feeling of the wish fulfilled. So I'm going to repeat this all again. You must assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled until your assumption has all the sensory vividness of reality. You must imagine that you are already experiencing what you desire. That is, you must assume the feeling of the fulfillment of your desire until you are possessed by it. And this feeling crowds all your ideas out of your consciousness. The man who is not prepared for the conscious plunge into the assumption of the wish fulfilled in the faith that is the only way to the realization of his dream is not yet ready to live consciously by the law of assumption. Although there is no doubt that that he does live by the law of assumption unconsciously. And what that means is that unconsciously you have taken on the assumption of all the negative things that are popping up into your life. When you look around your life right now, all the things that you see in your life are because of persistent thoughts that you thought, whether consciously or unconsciously, you know, a lot of times we take on other people's thoughts um, and they become our thoughts. They're like supplanted in us just simply because that person that you love and you care for and you, you trust so much has said these things to you over and over and over and over and over again, that their thought becomes your thought, becomes your assumption, becomes your belief. And that is how one way that you live by the law of assumption unconsciously. Okay, but for you who accept this principle and are ready to live by consciously assuming that your wish is already fulfilled, the adventure of life begins. To reach a higher level of being, you must assume a higher concept of yourself. If you will not imagine yourself as other than what you are, 
then you remain as you are. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. That is powerful. And I'm, I'm going to read that again. To reach a higher level of being, you must assume a higher concept of yourself. If you will not imagine yourself as other than what you are, then you remain as you are. If you will not imagine yourself as other than what you are, then you remain as you are. So what this is telling me and why it struck such a chord with me is that if I don't imagine myself as the gratitude chick, as an author, as a podcast host, as a coach, if I don't imagine myself as this person that I want to be, then I remain who I am today. I remain a corporate worker. I remain a sick person. I remain unhealthy. I remain a person not healed from her past. I remain who I am if I do not imagine myself as who I want to be. That is deep and that is powerful. If you do not believe that you are he, in parentheses it says the person you want to be, then you remain as you are. Through the faithful systematic cultivation of the feeling of the wish fulfilled, desire becomes the promise of its own fulfillment. The assumption of the feeling of the wish fulfilled makes the perfect dream a present fact. So that was chapter four um, called Desire. And because these chapters are short, I'm going to probably read about three chapters in this episode. Okay, so chapter five, and, and to be honest with you, it says we're at 69%. So this book I told you guys was short. We might just go ahead and finish the, the book today. So chapter five, the truth that sets you free. The drama of life is a psychological one in which all the conditions, circumstances, and events of your life are brought to pass by your assumptions. Since your life is determined by your assumptions, you are forced to recognize the fact that you are either a slave to your assumptions or their master. To become the master of your assumptions is the key to undreamed of freedom and happiness. You can attain this mastery by deliberate, conscious control of your imagination. You determine your assumptions in this way. Form a mental image, a picture of the state desired of the person you want to be. Concentrate your attention upon the feeling that you are already that person. First, visualize the picture in your consciousness. Then feel yourself to be in that state as though it actually formed your surrounding world. By your imagination, that which was a mere mental image is changed into a seemingly solid reality. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to give you kind of the way I would do it. So it says the first step is to form a mental picture or excuse me, a mental image, a picture of the state desired of the person you want to be. Now, sometimes this can be a hard place to start, especially if you're new to, you know, kind of this whole idea of, um, you know, the law of assumption and living in the wish fulfilled. So what I typically recommend to people that I coach is to sit down and write out 
who it is that you want to be, what it is that you want. What does that look like to you? What's that feel like to you? Sit down and write out everything from the top of your head to the you know, soles of your feet to what, you know, relationship looks like, what love looks like for you, what wealth looks like for you, what good health looks like for you, what good friendships look like for you, what your relationship with God or, you know, whatever it is that you believe, what does that look like for you? Sit down, write that out because that is how you will form your mental picture is by already having that picture written out. Because as you're writing it, you're creating it in your mind. So sit down, take some time for you, and write out what that mental picture is. So in the second step says, concentrate your attention upon the feeling that you are already that person. So the the first step to that is to visualize the picture in your consciousness. So after you've written it out, the way the best way to to kind of visualize the picture is to create a story around it how did you become who you wanted to be uh what does that look like for you take us on a journey take your i'm sorry to not take us <laughs> take yourself on a journey what how did you create whatever it is like if you want to be a singer how did that happen who did you meet that inspired you Take, give us a Tuesday of you singing a song. And how did you create that song? Or, you know, write a story of, um, and, this, and when I say write a story, I mean, you know, journal it out, script it. You know, um, write anything. How did you create, how did you find your husband? How did you find your wife? You know, create the story. Write that out. Write it out. Because as you create the story, that is your mental picture. You can read that story back to yourself and create that mental picture. And the reason why I could say that is because I am a writer and I'm also an avid reader. And what I read on, in books, I see in my mind. There are, there are times when I go weeks or months without turning on the television because I found books to be way more entertaining than, than television because what there are so so many good writers out there that they know how to you know tell a good story to the point where my mind has turned it into a movie so as i read or literally if i'm listening to an audiobook that story has become a picture a moving picture in my mind So when I say write it out and then read it back to yourself, that's what I mean. Turn it into a moving picture in your mind. And that is how you get to the point where you're visualizing it because you have turned your own words into a moving picture. So people out there who are writers and have these, you know, people who are turning their written word into audiobooks have turned their writing, their story into a mental rolling picture. And that is what you want to see when you're visualizing. So my first and best advice is to always journal it out. Get get a notebook, get something specific just for scripting and write out your story. And then every day, read that story. And, and listen, listen, it doesn't have to be the same story. Write out as many stories as you can that connect. You know what I mean? 
um, whatever it is that you're looking for, if it's, a, if it's something material like a car, like money, like whatever it is, find a way to create a story with that so that you can impress it upon your mind and turn it into a rolling picture. Okay, so he says, first visualize the picture in your consciousness. Then feel yourself to be in that state as though it actually formed your surrounding world. By your imagination, that which was a mere mental image is changed into a seemingly solid reality. The great secret is a controlled imagination and a well-sustained attention firmly and repeatedly focused on the object to be accomplished. It cannot be emphasized too much that by creating an ideal within your mental sphere, by assuming that you are already that ideal, you identify yourself with it and thereby transform yourself into its image Thinking from the ideal instead of thinking of the ideal, every state is already there as mere possibilities, as long as we think of them, but as overpoweringly real when we think from them. So when they say think from them instead of of them, thinking of them puts the picture far from you. When you're thinking, okay, um, let, let, let me say this better. When you're thinking of them, it's like you watching a television show. You are seeing that television show with your eyes. When you are thinking from that place, it is you in the television show. You are one of the actors. That is the difference in thinking of something, um, thinking of whatever it is that you want, and thinking from whatever it is you want. When you think from it, you are in it. And this is why I say to script it out. Because at, when you're scripting it out, these are your words, not my words. You know, um, and you're, you're, you're able to live it better when those words come from you. This was called by the ancient teachers subjection to the will of God or resting in the Lord. And the only true test of resting in the Lord is that all who do rest are inevitably transformed into the image of that in which they rest, thinking from the wish fulfilled. You become according to your resigned will, and your resigned will is your concept of yourself and all that you consent to and accept as true. You, assuming the feeling of your wish fulfilled, and continuing therein, take upon yourself the result of that state. Not assuming the feeling of your wish fulfilled, you are ever free of the results. When you understand the redemptive function of imagination, you hold in your hands the key to the solution of all your problems. Every phase of your life is made by the exercise of your imagination. Determined imagination alone is the means of your progress, of the fulfilling of your dreams. It is the beginning and end of all creating. The great secret is a controlled imagination and a well-sustained attention firmly and repeatedly focused on the feeling of the wish fulfilled until it fills the mind and crowds out all other ideas and out of consciousness. And this is why I, I have often said, persistence is key. Persist, persist, persist. What greater gifts could be given you than to be told the truth that will set you free? 
The truth that sets you free is that you can experience in imagination what you desire to experience in reality. And by maintaining this experience in imagination, your desire will become an actuality. You are limited only by your uncontrolled imagination and lack of attention to the feeling of your wish fulfilled. When the imagination is not controlled and the attention not steadied on the feeling of the wish fulfilled, then no amount of prayer or piety or invocation will produce the desired effect. When you can pull up at will whatsoever image you please, when the forms of your imagination are as vivid to you as the forms of nature, you are a master of your fate. You must stop spending your thoughts your time, and your money. Everything in life must be an investment. Visions of beauty and splendor, forms of a long-lost race, sounds and faces and voices from the fourth dimension of space, and on through the universe, boundless, are thoughts go lightning shod. Some call it imagination, and others call it God. So here is a little blurb about something that happened to Neville Goddard on April 12, 1953. It says, Neville follows this with the date April 12, 1953 in Awakened Imagination. In in parentheses, it says 1954. He would write, on the morning of April 12, 1953, my wife was awakened by the sound of a great voice of authority speaking within her and saying, you must stop spending your thoughts, time, and money. Everything in life must be an investment. To spend is to waste, to squander, to lay out without return. To invest is to lay out for a purpose from which a profit is expected. This revelation of my, of my wife is about the importance of the moment. It is about the transformation of the moment. It is only what is done now that counts. Whenever we assume the feeling of being what we want to be, we are investing. So we're going to keep, you know, plugging forward and go straight to chapter six. So chapter six is called attention. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. James 1.8. Attention is forceful in proportion to the narrowness of its focus. That is, when it is obsessed with a single idea or sensation, it is steadied and powerfully focused only by such an adjustment of the mind as permits you to see one thing only. For you steady the attention and increase its power by confining it. The desire which realizes itself is always a desire upon which attention is exclusively concentrated For an idea is endowed with power only in proportion to the degree of attention fixed on it. Concentrated observation is the attentive attitude directed from a specific end. The attentive attitude involves selection, for when you pay attention, it signifies that you have decided to focus your attention on one object or state rather than another. Therefore, when you know what you want, you must deliberately focus your attention on the feeling of your wish fulfilled until that feeling fills the mind and crowds all other ideas 
out of consciousness. The power of attention is the measure of your inner force. Concentrated observation of one thing shuts out other things and causes them to disappear. The great secret of success is to focus the attention on the feeling of the wish fulfilled without permitting any distraction. All progress depends upon the increase of an intention, excuse me, increase of attention. The ideas which impel you to action are those which dominate the consciousness, those which possess the attention. The idea which excludes all others from the field of attention discharges in action. So what this is saying to me is that you must persist. Attention is what is needed to bring something to your awareness, bring something to fruition, bring something to your reality. And when you persist on that one thing that you want, you are giving it the attention it deserves to come into your reality. This one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, I press toward the mark. This means you, this one thing you can do, forgetting those things that are behind, you can press toward the mark of filling your mind with the feeling of the wish fulfilled. To the unenlightened man, this will seem to be all fantasy. Yet all progress comes from those who do not take the accepted view nor accept the world as it is. As was stated heretofore, if you can imagine what you please and if the forms of your thought are as vivid as the forms of nature, you are, by virtue of the power of your imagination, master of your fate. Your imagination is you, yourself, and the world as your imagination sees it in the world. When you set out to master the movements of attention, which must be done if you would successfully alter the course of observed events, it is then you realize how little control you exercise over your imagination and how much it is dominated by sensory impressions and by a drifting on the tides of idle moods. So basically, he's saying that once you decide to persist and put all your focus and attention on this one thing that you desire, you realize how much dumb stuff that you that your mind idles with all day long, how much stupid things you think, how much, you know, of the idiot box you watch, how much social media distracts from life. How you realize this when you start to persist because these distractions have been in your life so much that it takes a lot of focus and attention to not get on social media, to not come and turn on the television, to not turn on music. It takes a lot of focus and attention and only the people who are persistent will be able to let go of those things to persist in what it is that they want to be, do, or have. To aid in mastering the control of your attention, practice this exercise. Night after night, just before you drift off to sleep, strive to hold your attention on the activities of the day in reverse order. Focus your attention on the last thing you did. 
that is getting into bed and then move it backward in time over the events until you reach the first event of the day, which is getting out of the bed. This is no easy exercise, but just as specific exercises greatly help in developing specific muscles, this will greatly help in developing the muscle of your attention. I think that's great. Your attention must be developed, controlled, and concentrated in order to change your concept of yourself successfully and thereby change your future. Imagination is able to do anything, but only according to the internal direction of your attention. If you persist night after night, sooner or later, you will awaken in yourself a center of power and become conscious of your greater self, the real you. Attention is developed by repeated exercise or habit. Through habit, an action becomes easier and so in course of time gives rise to a facility or faculty which can then be put to a higher use. And and this we know to be true because of the affirming statements that have been told to us for so many years when we were younger that we have adapted ourselves. There have been so many that connect us that those are the ones that I always, you know, talk about because those are the ones that connect us. But there are some that are some that have been told to you that were personal that um, you know, became who you were. Like some teachers have the nerve to tell children they'll never amount to anything or um that they're delinquents or um that they are, you know, I, I hate when I hear parents tell their kid or say to their kid his bad butter, his this bad child or this bad girl, bad girl, bad boy. You know, don't tell your children that because you are ingraining in them. You're teaching them right from wrong, good and bad. So if you're teaching them what's good and what's bad to affirm to them that they are bad is terrible. And it, it never should surprise you when they turn out exactly who you have already said that they are. You are affirming to them at early ages that they are bad. At early ages, you should be teaching them about how good they are, how phenomenal they are, how great they are, that they can have, be, do, have anything that they want in life. And this is why I wrote my gratitude book, a thankful, um, my little thankful heart, because it's for children one to seven, because those are their formative years. And if in their formative years, if they learn the power of gratitude, it can teach them throughout their lives. It can grow them up and they will be set for life to know that the daily practice of gratitude is one of the conduits by which their wealth can be achieved. This is why I wrote that book. And this is why I'm in the process of writing books for adults. Because the, those of us who were born in the 70s, 80s, and even 90s are going to have a hard time with this in life because we were not poured into this way. So my book that I'm writing now not only tells a little bit about my backstory, but gives you 21 concerted things that every single day give you more to be, you know, grateful for. It gives you an activity every day to practice gratitude for 21 days. So that is what I'm working on now. Anyway, back to the book. 
When you attain control of the internal direction of your attention, you will no longer stand in shallow water, but will launch out into the deep of life. You will walk in the assumption of the wish fulfilled as on a foundation more solid even than earth. So I thought we would be almost done. We are not. So (laughs) um, the book that I am reading from is called The Complete Reader. So when it says 69%, um, The Complete Reader has several books in it. So I was reading that wrong. So we still have a few more chapters in this. So um, we'll, I don't know, we might be finished in the next episode. So we're going to stop here because we've already done three chapters and I don't want to overwhelm the episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today to listen. I think this is um, a great book, The Power of Awareness. If you guys get a chance and you want to read this on your own without, you know, my commentary, you know, go to Amazon or wherever um, you get your books. The Complete Reader has it. The Complete Reader comes with several other books as well. But the, the book that we're reading is called The Power of Awareness. Thank you guys so much again for tuning in to listen today. Don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you, your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talks with the Gratitude Chick. I am your host, Luanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast five stars. If you have not already, join my Facebook group, Babes Who Manifest.